Love Talk Radio. connect to your soul, health, and wellness. Tune in as she brings messages, guidance, and clarity into your life. Hello, everyone. How are you on this day? Today is Wednesday, October 26th, and I'm always so grateful to be here with all of you. I hope that you are enjoying the crisp cool weather as we settle into the end of October and moving into November as we move into Halloween throughout the weekend and closing out moving into November and starting off and kicking in the holidays. So I am so honored and excited to share with you the episode today with my guest, Stacy Platt. And before we get there, I would love to center as we center every week to ground our energies to connect with one another for blessings, for support, and for all energetic connection. So if you could take a moment, go ahead and close your eyes if you can. Take a nice, long, slow, deep breath in and exhale away. Begin to let go of your day so far and allow yourself to be here in this moment. I call upon blessings at this time. As you listen live on the show or perhaps later on recording, we surround us with spirit. We call in spirit guides, archangels, angels, animal spirits, and we call in the directions of the north, east, and west, from above us and below us and all around us to support connection and divine order. We ask this always for the highest good, and so it is. And so be it. Take another moment and perhaps allow your own personal intentions at this time. Take a nice breath in and exhale away. Slowly coming back to your space and your breath and opening the eyes. I'm going to pull a card today for our show, for the energy of our show. And it is a card that work with the animals, the, the creatures, the energy of the animal totems. So as I pull the card, pulling an animal spirit for today, and the card I've chosen is the cat. The cat allows us to feel independent. It brings upon the energy of independence. It also allows us to look at our boundaries are healthy boundaries. So today's animal totem, animal spirit card is the cat. Looking at independence, looking at where we can find more independence in our lives, and also healthy boundaries. How important is that 
so many times our boundaries are not healthy and we work so hard to creating those boundaries. So keeping that as a theme and for today's show. I want to just announce a few things that are going on in the area and with myself. And first off, I want to announce I have for the next couple of months complimentary energy breakthrough sessions. So if you're feeling a little wonky with your energy or you feel your energy is off and you'd like to be rebalanced, reach out to me for a complimentary energy breakthrough session. These can be done by Skype or in person. And you can contact me through email, Tina Conroy, 111 at gmail.com, or contact me by phone or text, 516-948042. In the New York area, in Roslyn, New York, tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m., I will be sharing essential oils, complimentary essential oil sharing, learning about the 11 complimentary young living oils and how we can incorporate them into our life and wellness. On Sunday, this Sunday, October 30th, at practice in Roslyn again, Reiki 1. So I have four spots available for Reiki 1. It is a six-hour course from 10 to 4. And if you're interested, again, contact me through email, cell, Block talk radio, social media. Again, that is in Roslyn, New York. And also, we are having so much fun over in my private Facebook group. It is a lot of fun, spiritual seekers, spiritual teachers, so many people, just like-minded folks, and it is searchable in the Facebook search. So find me, name is my show, Get Into It with Tina Conroy, and you can find me. It is a closed group, and I will gladly invite you in. And then lastly, next week, on November 2nd, which is All Souls Day, coming after Halloween and November 1st is All Saints Day, I have the pleasure of having guest Louis Otero. Louis Otero is a healing apprentice. He is an angel reader, intuitive, medium, and he'll be joining us. And we're going to talk about the energy of saints. We're going to talk about seven saints, how we can connect with them, and our energy for support, for guidance, and for well-being. So without further ado, I want to just tell you a little bit about Stacy. And before I even read her extensive bio, I was guided as I drove out to Montauk this past weekend to be part of my friend Sarah Intonata's yoga retreat. And I was fortunate enough to share Reiki with participants of the group and also join and practice yoga and meditation in Montauk. And as I drove out to Montauk on a rainy, rainy day on Friday, I asked Spirit for a sign. I had been looking for the next guest or the next topic for my show. I had been asking, what would my viewers like and listeners and what energy is out there? And sure enough, there's always divine timing and there's always divine guidance. And Friday night as I was speaking to Sarah, realizing and the next day I was going to be able to meet Stacy for our beautiful fire ceremony, which was amazing. There it was right in front of me, my guest for this week. And she is a beautiful soul. I'm so, so glad we connected. And let me tell you a little bit about her. After Stacy received her MBA from NYU Stern School of Business in 1996, she did what she, she went on to India and she studied Ashanga Yoga. Over the next 13 years, she made seven trips to Mysore, India, to study with her beloved teacher, Patabi Joyce. 
In 2008, she started a lifestyle management company called Dwell Well, which brings order and tranquility into the lives of busy New Yorkers and San Franciscans through professional organizing and on-call personal assistance. Fascinated with how emotions, thoughts, and beliefs can manifest in the body as illness or wellness, she immersed herself in the study and practice of Andean shamanism. Stacy now offers shamanic energy sessions to help align body, mind, and spirit in order to create total health and well-being. Her work, whether teaching yoga, organizing, or healing, is all about creating space, whether it's creating space in the body through yoga, space in the home through organizing, or space in the psyche through energy medicine. It's about shifting what's stuck and releasing energies of the past that no longer serve who you are today and the person you are becoming. Stacy can be reached at Stacy at dwellwellnyc.com, and you can connect with her by cell 917-406-6375. Also, you can reach her at Stacy at dwellwellnyc.com. I'm going to, without further ado, get her on the air. Hi, Stacey. How are you? I'm great, Tina. How are you? I'm great. I'm fantastic. And I'm so glad that you're here with us today and really looking forward to the show. Likewise. Terrific. I I love that spirit put us together as I drove out to Montauk thinking, Spirit, give me a sign, and and there you were. So it was just a wonderful uh, experience that we shared with the group on that rainy, blustery day last last weekend. So thank you for all your healing work and holding the space for us. Well, I, I love how connected to spirit you are in that, you know, you ask, and then about an hour later you receive. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always intrigued and I'm always grateful. That's for sure. That's for sure. (laughs) So I like to always start out my show with, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself as a child, just to kind of give us a landscape of of who you were and who you are. We're always the same person as we evolve. Sure. So if if I think about, you know, who I am today and make connections to who I was as a kid, um, I, I would say that I was very interested in, in two things, and though I wouldn't have called it by these names at the time, I was interested in cosmology and consciousness. I was fascinated by the universe and, you know, spent my time thinking about, well, how did it, how did it happen? How did it get created? And how, how big is it? And how big is infinity? And Um, you know, all kinds of questions about that. And then I was also really fascinated with the brain and wondered if we use an eighth of our brain, what is the other part of it capable of doing? Um, So these are things I kind of contemplated as a kid and that, you know, still take, you know, take up a lot of space in in my consciousness today. Um, And, uh, and then also I, um, I was quite creative and I, I wound up building um, a house made out of cardboard, uh, mostly shoe boxes, um, for a small rubber blue bear that um, mm-hmm. first I felt needed a bed. 
And, <laughs> and when I, and then, you know, it built from there. And when I think back on that, it sort of mirrors my, what I, what I do for people in their homes and, you know, set up living spaces that are functional and beautiful and, um, uh, so I think that that was the precursor to my organizing business. And were as you as you as you grew up and you went through your high school days and were you always organized? Were you always an organized person? I actually was pretty organized. Um, I think I inherited the organizing gene from my mom, and um, I wasn't I wasn't somebody who rebelled from an organized, highly 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 organized mom. I just kind of uh, went along with it. And, um, and, and yeah, I would say so. I was one of those kids that had, you know, all the game pieces, like in their little nooks within the game. Like I wasn't <laughs> right. someone who had like monopoly pieces strewn across my closet floor. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Right. Putting them all in those right little plasticky, you know, compartments. I remember all that. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So moving ahead, you went to business school in 1996. And then you did what most people don't do. You went to India to go study Ashtanga yoga. So tell me a little bit about that. Did you find yoga while you were in business school or was it after you graduated? Take us a little bit into your yoga journey. Sure. I, um, let's see, I, I started doing yoga in the early nineties and I was living in LA. And um, when I moved to New York, I I realized, wow, the, the, the teachers, my teachers in New York and my teachers in Los Angeles have the same teacher, Tabby Joyce. And I then did a semester um, of graduate school in Sydney, Australia. And my teacher there had the same teacher as well, Tabby Joyce. So I was, I had gotten, you know, very into yoga and, uh, Wanted to wanted to take a trip to India for many years and and decided to go to the source, and I took a semester off of business school because I was really following a calling. Um, my path has taken a very circuitous route, and I think um, it's it's part because I I didn't give my myself permission for a long time to really follow what was in my heart, and that's sort of how I landed in business school. And when I, when I started doing yoga, I really felt such a strong connection to it that I gave myself permission to take a semester off of business school to really follow this, you know, really, really loud, powerful calling. And, um, and so I did that, and I, I intended to study with Guruji, as, as he's known affectionately, for two months. Um, the experience was so profound and life-changing that I stayed on for a third month and I was in India for a total of four and a half months would have stayed longer if I could. Um, and then went back to New York, finished business school and started teaching. So, uh, so I would say business school was in a way more of a detour than yoga. Yoga was me on my true path. Right. And so what you're, you're saying that it was just a calling. So for you to leave the school for a semester you were generally called to, and you kept getting the signs, obviously, because every, every place you would practice yoga and meet your teachers in the States had the same teacher. So you kept getting that's, hit over the head. There's that divine, you know, message. Um, that's exactly it. 
So did you feel like it was a risk when you took when you took that chance or was it sort of like there was no turning back? It was just so embedded that you were going, you know, take that semester off and go. Because so many people would, you know, might say, oh, if I take a semester off, I may not finish or this is not the right time. But it sounds like you really listened to your inner guidance to do that. Yeah, there's, you know, there's just been certain times in my life where the calling is so strong that even though it might seem risky, it seemed risky to pretty much everybody in my life. I didn't have a ton of support on that decision. Um, and yet I was so clear. It was, I, it was so clear. Um, and I think that when you're able to tap into your soul's longing um, and answer the call, then the universe tends to conspire to help you, um, you know, get yourself there. Absolutely. I, I completely yeah. agree. I, when that calling is loud and clear, there is the fear sort of, the fear is dissolved. It just, it, it just dissolves. And then all you yep. see is a very clear picture. So yeah. graduated business school, you've studied with Guruji. You're back in New York at this time? Uh, yes, back in New York. Yep. Okay. And so at this point, you're teaching yoga regularly? I was, um, let's see, at, at, I think I came back to India. I mean, I came back from India, had a semester of business school to finish. Upon completing that, I got a job as a consultant um, where I was not happy for nine months. And I left that job. It was, the economy was such that you could actually leave a job and expect to get another one. <laughs> and um, but because of my time in India, I was so into yoga that I really needed to find something that would enable me to practice yoga every morning and be able to, you know, take off for extended periods of time to go back to yoga. I mean, sorry, to go back to India. And um, a friend had mentioned uh, she knew somebody who helped people get organized. And a light bulb went off for me, and I thought, well, you know, since I was born with the organizing gene, that's something I can, I can definitely do. And um, just to totally date myself, I looked in the yellow pages because <laughs> no, nobody really had websites at that time and um, found two people, talked to them, asked them questions about what they do, how they do it, what they charge, et cetera. I wound up taking an ad in the back of New York Magazine, again, because, you know, a website wasn't really a thing. And it said, get organized, call for a free consultation and my home number, and people started calling. Wow. Yeah. And so there you, you were, you just, again, with your gut instinct and entrepreneurial, just started your own organizing business. And so you were, did you shift then from leaving your corporate job, or did you do both for a while and then... No, I had actually left my corporate job. That's how unhappy okay. I was. Oh, and okay. um, took took a real leap of faith and then started this shortly after. Right. And so tell me a little bit about the organizing business because and then we're going to shift into the, the shamanic work. And I did that come, so did the shamanic work come during this organizing business time or, you know, lead us into, I know your company is Dwell Well, right? It's Solutions yep. for an Organized Urban Lifestyle. And you also wrote a book, correct? I did. I did. It's called What's a Disorganized Person to Do? And it's a tippy how-to book on organizing your home, lots of pictures, and um, available on Amazon. And, yeah, so when I 
started the business, it was really a side gig um, because I was focused on yoga. I was teaching a bit by then. And I, let's see, there came a point, I, I did it sort of, you know, as a side gig for about 10 years. And there came a point where I decided, you know what, I'm going to uh, leave the organizing business and focus on life coaching and teaching yoga, kind of go back to my original intention. And then a book deal fell in my lap. And I thought, well, that's a big blessing. Let me, let me do this. I'll go out with a bang. I'll leave a contribution to the field, and then I'll be a yoga teacher and life coach. But actually, it doesn't really work that way. You write a book, and then suddenly there's a snowball effect, and next thing you know, you have a business partner and a team. So, <laughs> so that, that sort of, you know, took, took me, um, you know, it took me for a ride, and I'm still on that ride. I still run Dwell Well, and it's amazing. Um, and basically, we go into people's homes and assess where their frustrations are in how how their house is flowing or not flowing. Um, you know that they you know how easily they can get dressed in the morning, get their kids out the door, um, get everything they need in the kitchen. Just how how easy is it to move around in their home and how much space is there? And you know, I, I live and work in New York City. And where space is a commodity, and and you know most New Yorkers are pretty pretty tight on space. So, so I like to think of you know the thread that weaves through all these different things that I do, teaching yoga, organizing, energy healing. It's really all about creating space, as you you read in my bio. Um, in yoga, we're creating space in the body. We're bringing, you know, prana, more prana into our, into our, into our bodies. Um, in the second series of Ashtanga yoga, we're actually cleansing the nervous system. And so we're, we're, you know, kind of cleaning out the energetic channels within our systems, the nadis. And then in organizing, we're, we're clearing out, you know, we're, we're making physical space. So we're clearing out clutter and, and, you know, in both cases, there's, you know, we're, we're sort of, we're, we're making space, we're clearing out stagnation. Um, clutter is, it's old energy, it's stagnant energy. So we, we work to, you know, just like really release the past in a sense. Um, and yoga is like that too. You know, you could do a pose where it's like a deep hip opener or a deep back bend and you start releasing old emotions that have been bound up in your hips or in your heart center, um, shoulders, wherever it may be. So I, I really, it's pretty amazing the similarities uh, between these two very different, um, you know, modalities. And so why, you know, so I guess, you know, and I have, I've had some people actually text me and, and they're like, what is a shaman? What is that? I don't understand. You know, and other people are like, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. You know, so can you explain a little bit of shamanic work and then we can kind of get into how maybe you and I know we talked about this briefly that you don't no one really considers himself a shaman it's sort of like what the name bestows on from the outside so can you just talk a little bit about what what a shaman is or a shaman practitioner however you want to phrase it just for the listeners that are really not sure they've heard the term but they're not really sure sure so yeah, traditionally, um, a person wouldn't call themselves a shaman. Their community would bestow that title upon them if they were, you know, uh, you know, proven effective at helping people heal from various illnesses or soul problems or whatnot. 
And but, you know, I think that shamanism has gained in so much popularity lately that, you know, there are a lot of people out there who who call themselves shamans. And um, and I, I, I would call myself a shamanic practitioner. I think it's sort of like yoga where you're you're just constantly practicing. Um, and um, and so the definition of a shaman is somebody who is able to enter into a shamanic state of consciousness and travel between um, what's known as the lower world, the middle world, which is our kind of current reality, and the upper world to receive information on behalf of the person they're working with um, for the sake of their healing. And so shamans go on journey, sometimes take their client along, sometimes go on behalf of their client, and, and retrieve information that is helpful for their, for their soul's journey. And I, you know, work in that way as well. But I also bring in, you know, I think as all kinds of practitioners, we really bring in our own life experience, our own special trainings. So I think that, you know, you'll, there's, there's a lot of variation within how each individual healer works. Um, yeah, I hope that makes it a little more clear. It does. And, but just, so do you, you work one-on-one with people and then you also I do. do what, okay. And then you also do the, what I experienced, the, would you call that, is that a fire ceremony? Is that a sacred space or sacred ceremony that we, right. were, so, we experienced? Okay. Yeah. So that, that was a fire ceremony. That was, that was a group of about 30 people. So yeah, I do, I do do ceremonies for groups and then I do one-on-one individual healing. And um, really it's working, you know, I, I'm committed to helping people understand how the mind, body, and spirit all work together to create um, health and well-being. And that, you know, our unresolved emotions, thoughts, beliefs can manifest as challenges in our relationships or at work and even as disease in the body. So, you know, what I'm doing is really working with people to help them uncover and shift old themes that may be operating unconsciously in their, in their lives. Um, and we do that through, through talking and also through energy work. And then the, the fire ceremony is just a beautiful way to, um, you know, through drumming and rattling, um, enter into a shamanic state of consciousness, and everybody can do that where we're in a bit of an altered state. And, and I believe when we gather in ceremony, we open a portal um, or a gateway to access, you know, um, to access this shamanic state of consciousness and to focus our energy on transformation. And we, we bring to the fire a, um, what we call a death arrow, which we, take our breath and through our breath we transfer whatever 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 it is that we want to release that we're ready to just simply let go of call that up in our body and blow it deeply firmly into the stick and then offer this stick or this death arrow to the fire and and we all know the you know all chemical um power of fire to transform and transmute and um, so it's very beautiful that we all can, you know, we all can gather in ceremony together. And so we're, we're sort of in, in community and yet also working on our individual stuff. Well, I have to say it was so 
it was just so amazing to me. And I know the elements didn't really work in our favor because we weren't able to do, mm-hmm. you know, a complete circle at Montauk on, on last Saturday due to the high winds and the rain. But we were able to create this, you were able to create the circle and the vibration and the energy with the, um, I guess it was considered more of an outside fireplace pit. And the, um, the chant that we were chanting, the, you know, that we were chanting, there was this moment where, and I haven't done too many fire ceremonies, but there was this moment where we were chanting and drumming and some people were rattling that it really was the state of consciousness. It really truly was, you know, in the beginning when I, when you handed out the cards and I looked at it, you know, you're not really sure about how the, you know, just like any other chant, any other mantra. And then it just became just part of this rhythm, part of this rhythm and a very, you know, shamanic state. And as each person went up, um, so I knew it was a death arrow. And I think was the other, was the other the spirit arrow? Cause you could release or take in. Is that, am I right that's on right. that? Yeah, you are. So, so spirit, so that's right. Spirit arrow. You can, you know, blow your prayers, what you want to call into your life. Absolutely. And it was, it was just so moving. I had so much clarity and so much open up. And at the same time, just the fire, and it was really a roaring fire with even contained that we had, you know, Saturday, but just watching everybody, you know, either releasing or taking in and just moving the energy as we, you know, did that. Um, is that, is it considered a chant? Am I, am I saying that correctly? The chant that we did? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And, um, and I loved, I loved all the blessings you gave. I, I, I wish I had that on recording because it was so beautiful when you, you know, when we spoke to the north and all the four directions and then above and, um, you know, the earth, of course. And it just, it was, I always said that I had a past life, you know, I feel so connected to, to that in some way. Um, but it really, it was very profound. So I know a lot of people, um, felt the same way so it really was Mm. really and it was a beautiful closing of the day it really was it was really beautiful closing of the day when was someone individually if you were working with someone individually would you you know would it be time to do a fire ceremony or is it just it just there is no time or it just you know whatever feels best um if you're working with someone yeah yeah, typically done on the full moon, and they're typically done in in a community, but they can also be done alone. And sometimes I've done them for individuals when they want to work privately to release something. So it's, you know, or, or call something in. I mean, I've worked with clients um, in, in all ways, in ceremony and in individual healing, when there's something very traumatic, um, a client lost her uh, father in a fire. And so that, that was something that was urgent and traumatic. And then it can be something like um, another client has a big show coming up and really wants to put herself in a clear state in which she's able to manifest, um, you know, her, her highest intentions for the show, highest outcome. And um, so it can really range from, you know, from, from, from whatever, whatever needs to be healed. Uh, we all have, you know, so many things that need to be healed. I feel like life is a, a journey of healing, constant healing. Um, and so, so it can really, so, you know, it, it really varies person to person and it can be as 
um, as as vast and different as each person's needs. So you you spoke about earlier about traveling. So sometimes you said is that that you would travel? You said on their behalf, or is that you're traveling to work with your teacher, or who influenced you? Because you mentioned about All traveling. So. I'm, yeah, yeah, all of the above. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> have, Mesa, have Mesa, we'll travel. Yeah. Um, and yes, and I've done a lot of traveling, spent a lot of time in, in India for yoga, spent a lot of time in Peru, um, spent time in Chile with my teachers there. Um, and so, yeah, and that's, you know, I, I guess for the, for the, for let's see, about 13 years while Guruji was alive, I just made repeated trips to India. And now um, my focus has shifted to Peru. And the, the Dalai Lama even said that all of the spiritual energy um, in the Himalayas is shifting across to the Andes. And the, 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 uh, the what do you call it, the energy in, in Peru is just so high. It's so powerful and intense. And the mountains are alive. And it's really wonderful. I recommend um, anybody who hasn't been there to, to make a trip. Very special. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. It's definitely there. And do you you frequently have you been there more than once? You do you take groups I there have, or? Yeah. Okay. I went for the first time in uh, about eleven eleven or twelve years ago, and the most recent time was just last year. And do you take groups, or is that something that you're looking to do in the future to do you know shamanic healing groups or you know definitely that it's such an amazing sacred place. Yeah, definitely. That's something I plan to do in the future. Nothing on the calendar just yet, but, um, you know, surely if anybody's interested in that, they can reach out to me and um, be put on, you know, I'll, I'll just add to my list when I do send information out about that. You know, I wanted to briefly comment, Tina, just yeah. on something you said about the fire ceremony and and how you felt and how, um, you know, you really liked the the prayer that I said calling to the four directions. And I find that that is such a powerful experience for, for everybody, for, you know, even people who have no, can no, um, haven't had any, you know, if it's their first introduction to shamanism and haven't had any experience with it, that everybody really responds to the calling in of the four directions. And it's basically, you know, what we're doing is calling to us for our support um, archetypal energies of the universe and because these are these you know arch- archetypal archetypes are you know extend across space and time and they're so universal that everybody really responds to it on a very like on a mythic level on a soul level and I think that's why it's so powerful for people it's um, because we're, we're we're a little bit cut off from that in our modern life and it really connects everybody back in with with the forces of nature and it's super powerful. So thanks for thanks for saying that. Um, I I feel the same way. Yeah, it's very. It's just you have to experience it. I mean, I could. It's almost like there's almost so much you can say, but when you're in it and experiencing it, and like I said, the day was it was cold, it was rainy, it was windy, but it really it didn't matter. I mean, we were just yeah. really you know, and just looking and gratitude to. Um, to Mother Earth and above and the four directions and I just loved I just loved it it just really connected very deeply with me um, so I'm going to shift just a little bit and kind of and it all comes together so when it comes to someone's space like in someone's 
um, living space. If someone's space is wrong or unhealthy, how can you create a positive change through the shamanic work and through the organizing work? Do you, you know, can you see that it's unhealthy or do they, you know, how did, how does that work? How does that work for you to help them make that change? Sure. So it's the, the um, connection here is really interesting. So in the organizing realm, um, really, the, you know, one of the quickest, easiest, best ways, well, it might not be quick, but one of the best ways to change the energy of a space, a physical space, is to declutter. Um, and in the shamanic, uh, um, what, you know, the, the tradition that I studied under, there's, they have a, and, and many traditions, there's a medicine wheel. And in my tradition, we start in the south, and the south is represented by the serpent. And the serpent is all about shedding skin and shedding the energies of the past that no longer serve who we are today and, and who we're becoming. And so I think of decluttering as serpent medicine. And it's sort of the first thing we need to do on the path, whether it's organizing or healing or whatever it is, but it's just getting rid of the dead weight, um, the dead skin. And, you know, if you, if, you know, uh, happens to me, happens to the best of us, honestly, I, you know, sometimes I'll find it's just some real dead weight in my closet and, um, and it, it becomes part of the landscape that you no longer recognize. So I'm sure everybody could take a look around their homes and just see like, okay, you know what, what, what haven't I been seeing that's actually no longer relevant to my life right now? And can I get rid of that? There's a great book um, that I have called uh, Throw Out 50 Things. And you don't mm-hmm. even have to read it, but just do it. <laughs> it right. I challenge you. It's just like a very liberating process throughout 50 things. Um, and um, so, so, that's, so that's, that's the interesting connection. So from an organizing standpoint, declutter, that's, you know, that's going to shift up the space in a big way. And, and notice what comes up as you're letting go of things. Some people have a harder time than others letting go. And, you know, and, and notice what memories and emotions come up and, you know, realize that those, those aren't about now. Those are about a different time. And, you know, and have that, have that understanding help you on your journey of letting go. And then in terms of um, shamanic work to correct a space, there's a lot that can be done. Um, you can clear it with, uh, with sage. I mean, there's, I have a whole sort of space clearing um, ritual and ceremony that I do when a, when a house just needs to be cleared of, you know, uncomfortable or weird energy. Um, and then there's, it can be, you know, and what I, what I love about this work is that Sometimes the client thinks it's one thing, but upon deeper inspection, it turns out to be something totally different. So, for instance, I had a client who was having um, – she had a really difficult renovation. There was just a lot of negative energy in her home. Um, she thought it was related to one thing, but it turns – and and it turns out it was it was another thing altogether. But one thing I noticed when I was in her apartment was that it's situated right next to a church, and her south-facing windows – face the church and the spire of the church is almost a feature in her apartment. It's very beautiful. It's right there. Um, It's a very powerful presence in her apartment. So I started researching the, the, that church and found out that 
um, what I learned I didn't know previously was that back in the time when this church was built, there would always there was always a cemetery built on one side of the church or the other. And so on one side of the church is a street and on the other side of the church is her building. So it was possible that her building was probable that her building was built on, um, you know, upon a what was once a cemetery. And so we did a despacho ceremony, which is another type of ceremony to honor the people, the souls of the land who were uprooted when the building was built. And, um, and it's funny too, because, and the energy really shifted in her home. I came back to do that ceremony after we did the original space clearing. And it was like a pallor had lifted off her, her living room. Um, it was quite, quite, uh, it was, you know, it, it was an, you could see it. It was visual. And um, what's very interesting about that building is that there's a, um, in the, the storefront of the building is a, a costume shop. So there's mm-hmm. always skeletons in the window. And wow. before it was a costume shop, it was an antique store. Uh, <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, I find it totally fascinating, fascinating work. Um, stuff like that kind of, you know, just blows me away. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I've i talked on the show before as an intuitive, and I have this different, you know, the clairvoyance and clairaudience and the clairs. We call it the clairs. And for <laughs> years, ever since I was a child, I could never go into an antique shop. Um, mm. I never knew why, but I I just can't have anything that's other people's things. I mean, if you gave me something as a friend, I could have, but I used to go into antique shops rarely, like garage sales. I don't, I don't frequent garage sales. I don't frequent antique shops. And what I was, I didn't know it then, but I would go in and my whole body would contract and I would feel like this, um, uh, like a layer of dirt and dust all over me and the smell would like permeate of my cells and I'd have to get out of the store. And I remember very like very clearly we were on a trip in Cape Cod, you know, I was, well, maybe like in my early teens, like 12, 13. And we walked in and I just couldn't take the smell of the, the wood and the rugs. And the, I thought, why would anyone ever want these things in their home? And years late, you know, as, as things developed for me and years later, I realized it is a Claire and it's not talked about. It's called Claire tangency. It's about touch and those mm. items have so much vibration that I have, you know, I, they, it challenges me to have in my home. So I would never be a person to buy a Victorian home or an old home or, you know, it doesn't have to be brand new. I know there's other people living in it and I can clear the space, but w- there's, a, there's a difference between, you know, going back to the 16, 1800s and then having, you know, maybe two families live in the house that you're buying, you know, from 1950. And when I was looking at houses, when I was young, we were about 24, 25 looking at homes. It was all about that. How did I feel in the house? And so it's so interesting to me when you said that, because, you know, having an antique shop, right. So that's all the vibration of people's things. And then the skeletons of the costume. And then you had, you know, it's probably very probable that it was built on sacred ground cemetery because most of the churches had a cemetery attached to them, you know, well, who knows, yeah. but it's, it's crazy. It's, it's um, really amazing work, really amazing work. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just, just to comment too on, you know, like the vibration of things, everything does have a vibration, right? And, you know, it's amazing what sometimes people are holding on to that actually doesn't have a positive association for them, that it actually carries a negative vibration and it's in their home. So that's another thing to think about is just like, you know, everything around you should really carry um, a positive vibration, a positive association. Right. So I have a question for you. I, I'm, I was working with a client um, and her, her husband had recently passed. And she, you know, she, she actually, the energy is very nice and beautiful in the home, but at the same time, she's getting messages that perhaps she should clear the space. Um, mm. You know, now how do, do you ever find that clients don't want to clear so much because they want to keep the energy of, you know, deceased loved ones and so forth, or is, you know, like how would, what would your thoughts on that? Have you been, been asked, you know, if someone had passed away, um, how to, you know, she's still living there with her child and so forth. But, you know, you want to keep that vibration of that space, but at the same time we want to clear that. So what yeah. what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so you have to keep in mind that the, the energy of love can't be cleared. That's a really strong, powerful um, energy. So what, what you know, she would be clearing in, in her space would be like any any emotional heaviness that's mm-hmm. been in the house as a result of her husband's death, any sickness if he was ill, um, any, any, you know, toxicity really um, is what would be, you know, cleared that wouldn't impact the, you know, the positive energy of the house and the love and the memories and the, you know, and, and all of that. Um, it's really like even, even cutting cords between two people, cords of love, right can't be cut right Right. so but you can cut cords that have become toxic over time with too much toxic energy running between two people you cut that toxicity and dynamics can shift as a result of that but love doesn't get cut right absolutely I do a lot of cord cutting um, in my work and yeah you know I have gone in and and helped with uh, clearing houses and so forth and so just it was thank you for that because I wanted to get a, a little uh, thoughts on your thoughts. Um, so I always ask most of my guests um, to share an experience or a choice in your life where you are really tapped into your intuition, since my passion is really to allow everyone to connect to their intuition for clarity, for support, for their life purpose. And so what was that for you? Or is there something that you can, you know, I'm sure there is many things, but if you could pick one, um, what would that be? Sure. I'll, I'll tell you one, one, uh, well, I'll tell you two things. One is that I feel like I can tap into my intuition during dream time. So I was in, uh, I guess it was January. I was in the high mountains of Chile with no cell service, um, in a monastery. And I would walk by the office when I would walk by the office, I would, my phone would connect to the Wi-Fi, And so, you know, I could download emails and whatnot on my phone. And so one night um, I had a dream that uh, I had a dream that David Bowie was in. David Bowie was in my dream. We were, (laughs) it was a great dream. We bumped into each other. We were really excited to see one another. He was super youthful in his prime, carrying an infant, which was his. And I'm like, oh my God, your baby. Wow. No way. 
And we just like had a, you know, catch up moment and he went on his way and it was like a really profound, awesome, great dream because I love David Bowie. And then the next, the next morning I was walking by the office and I, I, you know, clicked into the Wi-Fi and I get a New York Times notification pop on my phone that David Bowie just died. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was true visitation, like a true, a true dream visitation as I call them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, visitation, right? So, Amazing. and then, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you'd call that the same as intuition, but um, it's tapping into something higher for sure. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and maybe, and maybe intuition is also about tapping into something lower, right? Like you're really like dropping into your your center, your gut, our second brain, and um, and I would say my experience with that is like when when um, it's really just been about my soul's calling. Whenever, whenever, uh, whenever I get a hit on something, you know, for instance, most recently it was about, well, it wasn't that recently, but about a year and a half ago, friends of mine were telling me about this training they're about to begin. And just from what they were saying, I'm like, that's for me. I know that's for me. And there were aspects about it that I didn't like in uh, logically didn't really feel like it was for me. It happens in LA. It's, you know, at one weekend a month in LA, that's not really, you know, <laughs> what I need right now. And anyway, and I, I put it on the table until recently and finally did um, investigate and turns out it is, it's, you know, a huge important part of my path. So just, you know, I don't know. I feel like if you, if you really practice listening to your, to your intuition, it becomes more, um, it just becomes more powerful. You know, if you, it becomes an ally, a, be, a bigger ally. Yeah. I, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. That's, that's the majority. That is my work. I work with women to really allow them to connect with their intuition, to allow these energies to, you know, kind of work with, you know, all different modalities to, you know, really have that clarity and trust. I mean, the truth about it is trusting ourselves, trusting what we get, trusting those messages and, not only trusting ourselves, but also know that the universe is, is that, you know, is with us, right? It's like on our side. Um, And truly when you, when you live from that place, when you live from that place of tapping into the intuition, tapping into those connections and knowing that universe is there, you know, and really allowing it, you know, so many people, you know, it's like if I was, the more you do it, the more you allow, the more it's, allows the portal to open. That's how I look at it. The more that I allow myself to say, spirit, you know, open-ended question, spirit, show me my guest for next week, you know, <laughs> and there you were. Um, or, or, you know, spirit, you know, I have a sign and, you know, so forth and so on. And it's, it's just, it's amazing. It's such a wonderful way to live in harmony with these beautiful higher realms and ourselves. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I really, um, it's really wonderful. So and before we close out, on, yeah. Oh, please. Well, yeah. just quickly to yeah to add on to what you're saying about like trusting in your intuition, and and sometimes in the beginning that might be difficult. So what what I like to do when when those those you know little bits of intuition come in is to really practice certainty you know, the practice of certainty, like, you know what, this, I'm just, it, it's, you know, maybe it is the same thing as trust, but it's almost like a practice of certainty, like, 
yeah, I, I, I want to trust it. And, but, but, you know, dot, 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 all the but reasons. So practice certainty, um, you know, moment to moment and see what happens. I think it's a really powerful practice. Oh, absolutely. Wonderful. So I want you to allow, you know, allow the listeners to reach you. So just go ahead and um, how do they contact you or uh, anything you have coming up, any sessions or, or um, packages, things like that. So if you could just go ahead and share with the listeners today, and then I'll also put that on the show notes and also on social media. Great. So uh, best way to reach me is via email. It's Stacy S-T-A-C-E-Y, at dwellwellnyc.com. Uh, dwellwellnyc.com is my organizing website, and there's a bit about space clearing on that, and you can visit that. And then my, if you if you prefer to reach me by phone, my cell is 917-406-6375. And um, I am giving a uh, 20% discount on your first session if you reference this podcast when you reach out and that's good up until December 1st. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for that beautiful sharing. So uh, everybody, I'm going to again, put all Stacey's information on the show notes. My show is recorded on iTunes. So go check me out on iTunes. And um, that's fantastic. That is, that is really wonderful. Well, I can't believe our time is just about up and I am so glad we did this. And it was truly again, divine timing that we met last week mm-hmm. Saturday. I know our paths will cross again for sure. Me and too. Thank you. Thank you so much for all, for all your, your passion and your beautiful energy, your soul's work. And I'm sure every one of us on the show listening live or on the recording really has just received a true blessing and healing. So, and, and everyone who's listening, you know, reach out to Stacy. That's a wonderful offering with her 20% off. And uh, well, thank you so much, Stacy. It was, it's been a pleasure. Oh, likewise, Tina. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. Well, that's a wrap, guys. That was a wonderful show. It always goes too fast. I always say that when I have a guest. We could be talking more and more. She has, Stacey has so much knowledge and such a beautiful, beautiful energy about her. Please go ahead and reach out to her with all her, with her information, her website, her phone number, and also take advantage of that 20% um, if you are in the area and um, up until, I believe she said, December 1st. So, so great. Wonderful, wonderful. Next week on All Souls Day, we are going to be talking to Louis Otero, the Healing Apprentice. Louis is going to be on the show. We're going to be talking about seven saints, and we're going to talk about how saints have a vibration, how we can pray to them for blessings, for support, for healing, and how we connect with them. And so I am so grateful to have Louis on the show next week. He is so much fun. We have Halloween on Monday, and then the following day is All Saints Day. We are airing on All Souls Day, so we're going to be talking about that a bit as well. And so we'll be talking about the seven saints, and I'll reveal them to you throughout the week and on the show. And always, may you be filled with blessings, support, love. Have a beautiful, beautiful week. Namaste.